Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. I show up in my strength. I show up in my tenacity. I show up in my grit. I show up in my sensuality. I show up in my femininity. And women go, how does that work? I want some of that. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short, and to stop sitting it out, and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time, because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek. That is what we truly want. And you absolutely are here to serve the world. And I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to ShipStation for supporting Don't Keep Your Day Job. With ShipStation, your small business can now access the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies without the contracts or commitments. Go to ShipStation.com and use my offer code DREAMJOB to get a 60-day free trial. Also, thanks to Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is an all-in-one health drink with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients to help support your body's nutritional needs. Get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with a subscription by going to athleticgreens.com slash dream job. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So today is International Women's Day, and I thought it was only appropriate that we share this incredible conversation with the one and only Allison Bird. Allison is truly, truly, truly one of the most incredible humans, most incredible speakers. I was literally transformed by having this conversation with her. And I think you're going to see just what I mean. Allison Bird is AKA the Profit Accelerator. She's a money mindset and sales strategist. She's a leadership advisor for entrepreneurs and small business owners. She's a speaker, a mentor. Her energy is fire. She's trained over 10,000 entrepreneurial leaders who have generated over $200 million in revenue in the past 10 years. She's also the first and only small business owner to create an international production house for thought leaders to be executive produced in publication, online platform expansion, and offline sales strategies. She's been featured on CNBC, Forbes, NPR, USA Today, and she really is a force. Her words are like an elixir for the soul, and I just can't wait for you to hear this today. So without further ado, please welcome the remarkable, the brilliant Alison Bird. I'm so happy because Alison Bird is here, and she is somebody who I wanted to have with us for so long. 
I've been following you and you're such a boss and you're so good with helping really entrepreneurs, but I was going to say specifically, I feel like women as well, like just really helping women rise into our worth. So tell us a little bit about how you even got into this particular topic. Like how did this become your focus? Yeah. So when I started into entrepreneurship, I think I was like everybody else. I just had this big idea and I'm like, maybe I can sell it two or three times. Like I didn't even have a concept of a business. I had no idea of monthly recurring revenue. I had no idea of EBITDA. I had no idea of profit margins. I had no, no understanding of that. And, you know, when people look at my life today and they're like, oh my God, like I heard you on NPR. I saw you on Forbes. I saw your Amazon Prime special if they're in the US. Like they think I planned for those things to happen. And Kathy, I know you and I understand that there's no success that's overnight. It all right. takes diligence and resilience and persistence. And so I started with this idea that I would be a life coach. And I remember a comedian years ago at one of my first events told my story and it was meant to be a joke, but it was to say kind of embarrassing is an understatement. It was very embarrassing. And this is one of my first events, 400 people at the event. And I've given him carte blanche to tell jokes. And I'm, I'm thinking he's going to tell funny jokes, favoring jokes. I don't know why I thought that. Oh boy. And he says, so, you know, Allison just decides, you know, I'm a high school dropout. My dad was in prison. You know, my mom ain't never really did anything with her life. And I didn't do very much with mine. So I guess what I'm going to do is teach other people how to make their lives great since I can't do it myself. Okay. You're like, and what do I do with that? I'm like, oh, oh. And this in front is, of all these people, listen, and I'm there saying to myself at the time, the words imposter syndrome didn't exist in mainstream, but that's immediately what I felt. And so the biggest gap for me in identifying what I truly wanted to do was I had occupational thinking. So I had always looked at everything from what was I being paid hourly? And then when I'd advanced into salaried roles, what was my salary? And so because I'd only at that particular point created $115,000 a year in a salary working for BlackBerry, I thought, okay, if I could just get myself to a state where I could replace that, I would be okay. And I think that's a smart concept, but the challenge is as an occupational thinker, you are always thinking, how do I trade my time for dollars? And that was going to be the death of me. So I started as a life coach. I started billing at uh, 50, like $45 an hour, advanced that to $75 an hour. Obviously I wasn't making a ton of money. And I went to do a, a temp job. And when I went to do that, Kathy, the guy wanted me to do data entry and he was billing $10,000 an hour. It was the first time I'd ever seen anything like it. 
And he was doing an average of 10 to 15 hours a month for his clients. And I was there doing the data entry. That was not a coincidence of the universe. That was intentional. And that was when I identified that my relationship with money was one that had come through conditioning and by the culture. It was cemented by my own circumstance, but it was not what was true. And even though I didn't know how to unlearn everything at that time, I knew that I got to. And sometimes things come into our space just to show us what we get to do and we're not yet ready for it. But that's what I decided. You know what? I'm going to change this. So then I became a leadership coach, started billing at $1,500 an hour. And then I went to a course that had a live event that then gave me the permission to start billing at $7,800 for a six-week experience. And then I took that $7,800 and instead created a one-hour lunch and learn for $7,500. And we started selling over 10 of those a month. And that's what shifted everything. Entrepreneurs started asking me, how did you do that? So I identified I was really strong with sales and enrollment, but as I started teaching people sales and enrollment, I realized that women specifically would not take my sales training and activate it because their relationship with money was so distant. So when they would start taking my sales processes and putting it into their business, they'd start making money so quickly and then they'd go, oh, and they'd get scared. So We've now coached and trained almost 10,000 students to generate 200 and I don't know, 16, $220 million in revenue. And that's all real money. Our average new entrepreneur out of the gate, brand new, will generate their first $35,000. Our entrepreneurial leaders that work with me privately are already in their seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurial levels, running multiple businesses. So it's just really rewarding where we are today, but this is 10 years in the making. This is not overnight, right? So yeah. It's like electrifying, like who you are and how you speak and the resonance that you hold is so powerful. And then the words that you say, which share the truth of what you've done It's like you just told me that you went and took a mountain and then you moved it over. Like that's what you've been doing for for a decade. Basically, basically. And, And let me say this, in the process, my mother got extremely sick, went into hospice, ascended into the afterlife. My fur baby got extremely sick. Um, went into her own version of doggy hospice and then ascended to the afterlife. My mentor that had been a direct influence over my life, we completely cut ties and that was a heartbreak. The man that I thought I was going to marry a hundred days before we were about to walk down the aisle, everybody knew, Facebook world knew, Instagram world knew, church world knew. We called off the end to that engagement because while he was a great man, he was not my husband. The man that came after him that I fell so deeply in love with and safe with decided that the best solution for him to reflect his love back to me was to sleep with one of my best friends. And so then I discovered that and that heartbreak occurred. 
when that all happened, my energy tanked, my ability to lead tanked. People that were co-leading my business with me decided that they no longer wanted to be in business with someone that was sad and depressed and angry and unclear because I was so grief stricken and so heartbroken. So they left the business. So then my business that was thriving at level 10 went from level 10 to level one. We suffered lawsuits. We suffered public shaming and I suffered personal doubt, fear, anxiety, and even self-hatred. And all of that has happened in the 10 years that everybody looks at the glory. What they don't know is the actual story. And I feel like so many women judge other women's breakthrough, but they don't know they're been through. And you've got to look at what has that woman been through in order to get from where she was to where she is today. Don't look at our wins. Look at our failures. Look at what we overcame. That's the part of the story. That's the meat to the potatoes. But so many people want to just go to the dessert. They want to go to what's pretty. And what's pretty is not what got that mountain to move. It was the mess. It was the messiness. And that often becomes our message, which magnetizes the movement, which is what allows us to then monetize successfully. But because many of us don't want to be messy, our monetization strategy often gets disturbed with us being too pretty in the market, which means we're unwilling to really say what we can do, who we can be and really stand in our power. And that shifts how people, you know, decide, can I pay you? Can I work with you? Can I trust you? Can I like you? Can I step in? So I'm grateful for interviews like this that allow me to show the mud and the mess and the message and the money, because it's not all pretty, but you are worthy of all of it and overcoming all of it. Okay. So here is the thing. I feel like I'm sitting with the next Beyonce, Oprah, I don't know, fill in the blank. Talk about step into your power. You're on like another level. I'm in awe. It's so much what you just said, the truth, the vulnerability, the power, the bravery, and the brilliance. I mean, how you've been able to do this. And for the folks at home who maybe don't know the story, she also started as somebody who left high school and then was working at McDonald's and then went back, got a college scholarship. Like it's epic. It's like of epic proportions. I really wish that like, I could literally just sit at your feet and like do this for the next 27,000 hours, but because I can't. So you teach three essential things that we have to change so we can start walking the path towards success. You have said the first step is that we have to absolutely change how we're viewing profit in our business. That's number one. And then there's two and three. Do you want to talk about those three steps or do you want to talk about one of those steps? How would you like to do it? Uh, let's talk about one because I think one is deep enough, especially for one interview for any individual to unlearn. What I know about women is they're going to tap their partners on the shoulder like, hey, you got to listen to this with me okay. because this is a breakthrough that many, many, many women and women identifying humans really crave. So I think we can go deep into that. Let's get it. Yeah. So the first thing that I want to say is I want to say a statement of disruption and the statement of disruption that I want to say is that mediocrity is a habit. And when it comes to, <sighs> <So good. laughs> 
Go ahead. I've never heard those words put together. How? Put together. They're so sexy together. And what I know is that it's deeply unfortunate that many of us have learned the habit of mediocrity. And so what I'm going to say is going to be a disturbance to what you think. So it's first going to throw you off kilter in your head. Um, Because I'm not going to ask you to think like I think, but I am going to ask you to think about what you think about and then identify, do those thoughts still serve me? Do they still work for me? The second part that I'm going to do is I'm going to touch your heart and I'm going to actually go to the core of you. And for many of us, what's unfortunate is because we've had so many things that have been crappy in our own lives because we have so many things that we're dealing with our own failures, our own broken hearts, our own empty pockets. We are distracted and we like to dispute when someone says something to us, but we cannot dispute when someone touches our heart. Mm. So I'm going to touch your heart and I'm going to invite your heart to be present with us. So that's going to be another point of disruption. And the third point of disruption is that I'm going to touch your soul. And your soul is when I move myself out of the way and I stop operating in my natural as a facilitator of this message and the supernatural shows up, which means then God does the shaking. And that's the part where people go, because they start to feel God. Or if you don't identify with the word God, you start to feel good. And many of us don't know how to feel good. And we don't know how to feel a lot of good. So I'm going to disrupt you, head, heart, and soul. And I'm going to remind you that you do not need saving because none of us are damsels in distress. So everything that I say is going to require you to pull on your own power, which is why I've got to do head, heart, and soul in order for you to have not just an understanding, but an overstanding of the message, which means what I say, you will feel so powerful in that you will stand over the circumstance of your life and begin to tell it to move. You will identify that your life circumstance is not your life sentence. So what you live today is not what you have to perpetuate forward unless you decide you're going to project it. So if If you argue for your limitation and say, no, Allison, my money is here. I don't have to view profit any differently. It is what it is. Then we're going to let you own that. But if you give yourself permission to reconcile that what has occurred has occurred, what you've chosen has has been chosen, how you've led your business, how you've been a leader for your team, how you've not led, how you've not been a leader for your team, how you've not been responsible in the mirror and how you get to be responsible going forward. As long as you give yourself some grace there, you're going to really enjoy this interview. But the only time you're going to feel like, Kathy, I wish you wouldn't have talked to that lady is when your ego is pushing against what's really possible. So when we start with this dialogue of, can we view our profit differently? We've got to suspend mediocrity as a habit. We've got to stop being connected to our failures. And we've got to know that people feel very uncomfortable around women who don't hate themselves. And so what I'm about to share with you is going to 
push you into an awareness that there may have been some ways that you've been operating like you didn't like yourself and it's impacted your relationship with money, with profitability. But don't worry, because we're going to unlearn that and we're going to unfold some new, new ways for you to show up and show out in your own destiny. So the first thing that I would say about viewing profitability uniquely and allowing yourself to find your rise in your relationship with money is identify what was said to you about money that is still navigating you today. So I like to tell people to take a, a piece of paper and write down the words up until now. Just three words, up until now. And write three things that you have negatively associated with money, like money is the root of all evil, or maybe, you know, you look at a Kim Kardashian West who just announced, okay, you know, I'm getting divorced. And maybe you associate wealth and affluence with an inability to stay in a romantic partnership and in a loving family unit. And so maybe you've started to tell yourself money does bad things to humans. Mm -hmm. So I like to say, start with three things that your shadow has spoken about money to you and it's echoing today. And it may have come from someone that you love. And because it came from someone that you love, you are still relating to it as though it is true. And it was true for them, but it doesn't have to be your truth. So start with up until now, three things. Then on the other side of the paper, I like for you to write the words from now on, three words from now on, and then identify what are three positive associations that you can have with your vision for money. I'll give you an example. Most of us want to start with a positive vision for money in an altruistic or philanthropic way. So the first thing we want to do, Kathy, is give it away. And that is not necessarily the healthiest go-to because what you're saying is I'm scared of it and what works better for me instead of having my own money vision, asking myself, what do I need to feel in order for me to accept richness, abundance, prosperity in my own life? What convictions do I get to have? What transformation is imminent for my relationship with money? And do I believe that that transformation is available to me and for me and through me? In lieu of us doing that, we start with, well, I'm going to give it away. And somehow we feel like that benevolence makes the universe look at us differently and makes the universe go, oh, I didn't know you were such a sweet person. Let me give you a couple of million dollars because you're so sweet. That must mean you're now worthy of this money. That association that we have is what keeps money at bay or what keeps profitability in a start stop sequence instead of a flow, which we really desire. So I want to start with those awarenesses and then let's keep unpacking from there. But I think if you can do that on a piece of paper, that's a great place to originate and allow your brain to start activating around what am I thinking? Is my thinking mine? 
Did I borrow this thinking from people that I love and I know loved me, but they believed in a season that is not my own. My mother was born in 1951, Kathy. When she was born, there were still signs on doors that said black people weren't allowed for coloreds only. So when my mother raised me, she raised me through a veil of be invisible. She raised me through an identity of a father that retired making less than $5 an hour, but raised an entire family, bought a home with that salary. So those kinds of thought processes are still in me. And those ancestral resistances are still in me. And so the same is true, whether you're black, whether you're Jewish, whether you're Asian, whether you're the same is true. And so we've got to know that in order to unwind that and unpack that and then find our best selves, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, she ends with that. Yes, we know. We know. We know. We know all of it. It's like we know that we didn't even know that we knew this. All of this just hits you right in the place where you go. Yes, I know this to be true. Mm. And so it is. This conversation is literally life-changing. Before we keep going, we're just going to thank our sponsors. I know it's not easy to balance and maintain nutritional habits with the rest of your life. Some of us are dealing with stressful schedules, lack of sleep and exercise, and as a result, your body may not be getting the nutrients that it needs to thrive. Athletic Greens is here to help. Their daily all-in-one superfood powder can be part of your daily routine as an easy and delicious option to get optimal nutrition in one convenient way. One tasty scoop of Athletic Greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green superfood blend, and more. It's going to fill those nutritional gaps in your diet, increase your energy and focus, help with digestion, and support a healthy immune system, among other things. And Athletic Greens fits any lifestyle, whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. It also contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on taste. It's such a tasty and efficient way to invest in your energy, immunity, and gut health every day. I love that it's so easy because in the mornings, I just add the powder to some water, I mix it up, and in just a few seconds, I have a yummy drink that keeps me energized all day long. To get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with a subscription, go to athleticgreens.com slash dreamjob and join health experts, athletes, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a commitment to their health every day. That's athleticgreens.com slash dreamjob to get a free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. If you sell stuff online, then you're definitely in the right business because more people are shopping online than ever. That's why you need ShipStation. ShipStation makes it super easy to manage and ship all your orders from all your sales channels faster, cheaper, and more efficiently. You can ship with any carrier, get access to discounted shipping rates, and automate just about any shipping task so you can spend less time on shipping and a lot more on growing your business. I know a lot of you sell on different platforms like Amazon, Etsy, your own website, and with ShipStation, you can funnel all your orders into one simple interface that you can manage from anywhere, even your cell phone. You can also get amazing discounts with major carriers like UPS, FedEx, and USPS, and you can easily compare carriers and choose the best solution every time. With ShipStation, small businesses can access the same rates usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies without the contracts or commitments. It's no wonder ShipStation has more five-star reviews than any other shipping software. Just use my offer code DREAMJOB to get a 60-day free trial that's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in Dream job. That's shipstation.com. Enter offer code dream job. Make ship happen. You said before people have a hard time feeling that good. Remember, you said that you can call it God, you can call it good. It's hard to feel good. And what you just said is so like, you know, that part where you can't see it and there's like that 
little freckle right here and you can't even see where it is. You find that blind spot and you just nailed it. That is the essence of what I see is that I don't want to, you just said something so powerful, which so much of it, all of it, but you said the transformation is imminent, but instead of showing up for that, I'm going to say, you know what universe, I'm a real sweetie pie. So I'll just give it away instead of stepping in, instead of helping myself to that next level. And you nailed it. It's this feeling of shame and unworthiness. It's so uncomfortable to receive. Mm. What is that about? How do you help people break through that and start to, like you did, charge $7,500 for a lunch and learn? That was a (laughs) big difference than working at McDonald's. Yeah, a big difference. And my corporate clients wish I charged $7,500 today. Like, you know, they they totally wish that I charged that today. So anyone that's listening and like, oh, great, we can get Allison. You cannot. So let me just say that. But I, you know, what I know for sure is that so many of us as women have been taught that we need to be good and good. It has been synonymous with conforming and compliant. So when we are anything other than conforming and compliant, we feel bad. And the challenge is that none of us are the same. See, if both of us are the same, one of us is unnecessary. And we've all been designed as unique, unrepeatable miracles. But if we won't be her, because we're so busy trying to be the her next to us that has already been endorsed. See, if I look and go, oh, it's acceptable to be a black Oprah. Then I'm going to try to do all things Oprah did, but Oprah's been done. If I go, oh, it's acceptable to be a black Ava DuVernay, but Ava's been done. If you go, oh, you know what? It's acceptable to be Rachel Hollis, but Rachel's been done. So the greatest breakdown is that we won't be ourselves. And when we do try to be ourselves, we think that the only way to be ourselves is to be a small version of ourselves. So what we pitch into the market is how broken we are. And we think that's the best way to make us relatable. But what makes me so relatable is my power. Because what happens is women see it and go, that's in me. What she, huh? That energy is in me. I want more of that. See, but I don't show up as, you know, y'all, we all suffer. You know, we all have abuse and betrayal. I don't show up like that. I show up in my strength. I show up in my tenacity. I show up in my grit. I show up in my sensuality. I show up in my femininity. I show up with a dewy face right after an orgasm, doing an Instagram live, like, hey, boo, hey. Like, I show up in all of that. And women go, how does that work? I want some of that. And that's what they start to crave. And so to me, how did I step into that? I started looking at what made me feel better and how could I feel good all the time, like all the time. And the way that I did that was I drew a triangle and I invite anyone that's listening to do this, draw a triangle. And at the base of the triangle, write two words, life provision. Life provision is everything that you do that brings money into your world that helps you live the life you want. 
But then on the right of the triangle, draw or write the words professional achievement. That's everything that you desire to achieve as your professional ego. So your professional self has a uniqueness that is not in your personal world. So on the left, write the two words, personal fulfillment. And see, when I started in entrepreneurship, Kathy, entrepreneurship was responsible for everything. It was responsible for making me personally fulfilled. It was responsible for bringing me a sense of professional achievement. And it was responsible for putting money in my bank account and food on my table. So whenever entrepreneurship wasn't working, I wasn't personally happy. I felt like a professional failure. And then my money tanked to follow. But once I drew that triangle and said, wait, let me categorize. What are the things that bring me grace, ease, joy, and flow from a personal standpoint? What are the things that bring me visibility, notoriety, and advancement as the czar of my field from a professional stance? I'm going to do more of that. And then from a provision, financial, I'm making more money state. Let's look at what are the things that I can do that are the highest revenue producing activities only I can do and whatever else I can't do, I'm going to find ways to outsource that as much as possible to free up my time as much as I can. We hear all the time that we all have the same 24 hours that Beyonce does. Not real. Beyonce has a staff of over 200 people. 200 people have 24 hours in a day. Most of them are dedicating 12 to 15 hours to Beyonce. Do the math. So her ability to touch, move, and inspire more people is predicated upon how she allows people to support her. And as women, we won't allow ourselves to be supported because we want to be a COE, a chief of everything, not a CEO, which is an enterprising officer. So you've got to not get your roles switched up and you've got to allow yourself to move from being a COE to a CEO. So identify those three categories and that's your pathway toward liberation. That's your pathway toward expansion. That's your pathway toward delegation. And that's your pathway toward financial autonomy, where you can do more, be more, and create more to have a life you love and the life will love you back. It's like the song, everything she does is magic. Everything you say is, is magical. It's like, it's not just the words you're saying, it's how you're saying the words. You're embodied in these words. Like these are the words that your heart sings these words. And just to witness that is like, it's rare, it's genuine, and it does disrupt, right? It definitely does. I feel like the biggest issue, which you just continue to drill into, the biggest issue that I see is people feel a sense of unworthiness. Imposter syndrome, I feel like a fraud, who am I to charge? And it's easy to look at you and just kind of be in awe and then to feel arising. I don't think anyone could be in your presence and not feel something starting to stir in a big way. But then the conditioning of our life, the conditioning of the thoughts that we repeat every single day, it comes back in like a tsunami and we, we, we fall back into it. How do we not fall back into that an hour from now? But it actually is something that we, we don't look back and we take it and move into our power, like you said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, my team is conditioned to support me to feel good all the time. 
and their condition to feel good all the time. I just had a private party here this weekend and my personal assistant walked up to me and I said, do you feel good? And she said, I do. And I said, great. (laughs) And then I asked her later that night, I said, hey, I found out such whatever it was. I said, you didn't mention that to me. She said, because it would make you feel good. And I handled it. My executive manager that's on my team, she will start a sentence with, this is going to make you feel really good. And then sometimes she'll start a sentence with, I've done everything I could to bring you some data that feels good, but this doesn't. And I just need to know, are you in a space to hear it? And I'm like, yes, you know, or no. So I've conditioned my world to really, um, I'm single and I'm newly dating. And there's a man in my life who's getting more time than other men right now on my rotation. <laughs> and, uh, you know, cause we got to have rosters and stuff, you know, in this day and age. <laughs> so he said uh, to me, he reached out to me and said, I'd love to have some time with you this weekend. And I said, you know, the last time we were together, um, I didn't have the experience of joy and delight that I know I bring. And what really brings me a sense of aliveness is when the energy I bring is either reciprocated or I'm invited into new energy that brings me even more joy and delight. When you can do that, let's link back up. Like I'm not available. Like my welcome mat virtually withdraws. You know, when someone shows up with shadows of uncertainty, when someone shows up with scarcity, lack, deprivation, fear, overwhelm in their field, in their vortex, my welcome mat is like, oh, I'm out, deuces. And I'm okay with saying that. (laughs) How much do you love her? Instant obsession. That's what it is. Listen, and the people that are in my life, they used to be frustrated by that. Like Allison, if it's not your world, then it can't be. I'm like, guess what? Your world gets to be like that too, boo. You're resentful because I've chosen power you've not stepped into. And so what stops us, what you're asking me, Kathy, is how do we let go of our fear of the crime of outshining. Well, what is the crime of outshining? It's when I live my life in such a way that I stop being apologetic for others who haven't chosen that for themselves. See, we back down because we have survivor's remorse. We're the risen. And then we look at all those that haven't risen and we're like, and we run back to go get them. Well, honey, you're running back without the elixir. What is the elixir? It's your own choosing. It's your own deciding. See, your elixir is when you are anchored in your own energetic field and you become unmovable, unwavering, and non-negotiable. How do I do that, Allison? You do what I call incremental manifestations. What's an incremental manifestation? It means every time you manifest something you don't enjoy, you stop the moment. You just stop the moment. So if you go, if you're in a moment with your child and your child is doing something that you don't enjoy and you identify that you're showing up as a parent that you don't enjoy, pause the moment and rewrite it right then. Baby, hold on, hold on. Mommy needs to get herself together. (laughs) Like 
I just need to get myself together. Then you state what you want. The experience that I want with you is, I don't care if that child is six months. I don't care if that child is three years old. I don't care if that child is 17. State it because it's going to change your state. The experience that I want with you is to be joyful and loving and kind. I want to hear you. I want to receive you. I want to celebrate you. I want to acknowledge you. Who do I need to be? Now the second part. So the first thing is to pause the moment. The second thing is to audibly state what you desire. The third thing is to identify what ego must you be in order to create that. So when I say ego, it means what state or what person or what variant or iterative of yourself must you be so that that can live. So, so that peace and joy and connection and acknowledgement can live, who must you be? Okay, I must be open. I must be patient. I must be present. Ah, that's my problem. I'm not present. I'm with my kid, but I'm thinking about my Slack messages. Now I'm irritated because my kid is asking me to be who I freaking said I was going to be to bring them into this world. So give yourself permission to not pull out the boxing gloves, but instead rewrite the narrative. Pause. Identify what you want. Speak it audibly. Identify the ego that can open up the environment for that to actually live and then live accordingly. That's uncomfortable for people because they're like, that's a little bit too much responsibility. I wish my kid would just stop annoying me or I wish my husband would just do the right thing or I wish my team member would just be able to read my mind. Baby, it doesn't work like that. It starts from the inside and that's where the overflow begins. So incremental manifestation means when I manifest something that's not bringing me joy, ease, grace, flow, any sense of delight, I'm going to stop and say, this is what I need. And I'll give one last example. I was at a restaurant recently and the waiter came over in an energy that was frazzled. And I thought to myself, I don't want that energy throughout this entire dining experience. So I said to the waiter, may I ask your name? And he said, my name is John. And I said, John, may I have your permission to be your best patron of the day? And he said, uh, yeah. I said, what would make me the best patron? Would it be my kindness toward you? Would it be in knowing what I want? Would it be in a hefty gratuity? And he said, your kindness. I said, what if you got all three? He said, I would absolutely love that. I said, then you have my commitment. I'll do that. And I said, I just want to acknowledge you. I know that restaurants haven't been open. I can only imagine how short staffed you are. This is locally owned. He said, we are, and I'm running everywhere. I said, I'll be patient. I'll be clear with what I need. I will generously tip you when this is all said and done because you really deserve that. And I'm grateful that you're here at work and that I'm able to eat out in the sun. And this is really meaningful for me. And my experience completely changed after that. And it's because I got out ahead of it. 
Otherwise, he could have been in his own spirit and energy of contagion. And before I know it, I walk away and I'm pissed at everybody. The ripple could have been that I take that piss off itness, take that to my executive manager. She then takes it to the client. The client cancels. The executive manager quits. My business break, like all kind of stuff. And we don't think about the ripple if we don't get out ahead of it and start being responsible for the incremental manifestations in our lives. That's what I would say would be the starting space. Okay. So how I feel right now is that I'm thinking the thought of what did I do to merit this conversation with you right now? Mm. That's how much I'm grateful to be sitting here. I'm like, what did I get to do to manifest you in this moment today? Do you want me to answer? Oh my God. I wasn't even asking you, but if you have an answer, I was just saying it to tell you really what I'm thinking, but sure. You have an answer for that? Sure. I do. I do. When I was, I think, I don't know if I was maybe five, I was probably four or five. I saw a woman sitting across the restaurant and I didn't tell my mom. I just got up. I walked over to her and I looked at her and I said, your daughter wants me to say something to you. She put her fork down. She looked at me. I proceeded to tell her what her daughter wanted me to say. And uh, my mother comes frantically over. Oh my God, Allison Octavia, what are you doing over here? This, that, the other. And the woman says, please don't take her. She's telling me what my daughter wants to say to me. And she said, oh, do they go to school together? My mom's like, I'm Linda. I haven't met you. And she said, no, my daughter passed away. And she said, wait, Allison, what are you doing? And I said, her daughter is speaking to me. And so I'm telling her what her daughter said. And the woman says, she's telling me things that only my daughter would know. I was that age. I'm 43 today at the time that we're recording this. My mother was a single mother. My mother was very busy. She worked multiple jobs. She did not have time at that moment, Kathy, to stop and say to me, you know what, Allison, we're going to create a discipline to where we allow your gifts to thrive and we allow you to roam about places and spaces and allow spirit to move through you. No, my mother yanked my wrist, moved me over and said, don't you walk away Don't, you know, don't you leave this table? You know, I could have lost you. Do you know how dangerous that was? And so it took me years to identify that my mother was not reprimanding the gift. She was just concerned about my safety, right? But what I learned at that moment that she, that that reprimand couldn't take away is that I only show up in people's lives when I'm an answer to prayer. And the answer that I am to prayer for women today is when they're saying, I am in the sunlight and I'm having an irritation by the spotlight. I see myself as bigger, as greater, but doing more is not attractive to me. And so I want to step into a supernatural way of being that allows my spirit and my energy and my person to be more impactful. But God in heaven, please don't nobody give me another task. I show up 
when people say the microphone that I've been speaking in is too small. It's time for it to be bigger. It's time for it to be amplified. There's more on the horizon. Like I show up as a confirmation that everything that has been whispering in your ear is true. Everything that you've been perceiving that could be a physical asset, an investment asset, an opportunity for you to do something in your local city, your state, your region, a third world country that needs you, a partnership, a collaboration, it's possible. And whatever you've been desiring or even thinking that you deserve, you really do. So I show up just as that stamp, that final stamp that says, I'm going to stop contemplating and considering, and I'm going to start receiving and allowing. I'm ready. As a matter of fact, I show up when women are over ready for the next level of their life. And so that's how you got into this conversation with me. Your next level is here and you're ready to say yes. And the next level for your community, because there's no way your community would be witnessing this if it weren't time for your ascension and then you just create space for them because the moment you leave your current space, the vacuum opens, they ascend into theirs and you ascend into yours. So that's why I'm here. Okay. So I literally have chills like from my feet to the top of my head. I lived in Jerusalem for three years. I went there for two weeks and I couldn't leave because it was a vortex of godliness, local call right there. And I stayed for three years and what you're saying and how I'm metabolizing what you're saying is how I felt every day walking in that land. You are such a gift. I'm so appreciative and aware in this moment, how awesome it is to be sitting with you. I'm amazed at that story. You're such a channel. The thing that you were talking about with incremental manifestation is brilliant what you just talked about in terms of stepping in and allowing and all of that is it's everything. I think that there are so many of us who have been told that we have to earn it. We have to do more. And like you just said so beautifully, no, doing more is not going to cut it. It's going to have to go a different way. And I'm over ready, right? I'm over ready, right? We all, I think in this moment, listening or feeling that. When it comes to manifesting, I have seen this with women where we will allow in as much as we feel we've earned, right? So I've seen that with women in a certain amount in their career and in a certain amount in their relationships. And I think that there's a lot of parallels there. You though said to that waiter, what can I do to be your best patron? So I want to understand this because you're such a ninja. You didn't say, so I sat down, saw that he had a frazzled energy and I was like, I'm out of here. I deserve more. You went into allowing and receptivity. And then you, like you said, you became an iteration of your ego in order to allow in what you wanted and you got the best out of him. You turned water into wine. How do we get that? Versus knowing when it's like, this business isn't working, this relationship isn't working, whatever it is, I'm rolling up, rolling up the welcome mat, right? 
because there is something where women find it. It's very binary, but really what they're putting out is not allowing. It's like anger, right? You want to be in a state of your power, but you want to be receptive. That is feminine to be powerful and to be in a state of receivership at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. Well, I spend a lot of time in what I call my virtual reality. So I spend a lot of time dancing in my head and playing with my desires. And, you know, I think that people always say, oh, well, you don't have kids or, oh, well, you're single. So, of course, you get to do that. And what I say to that is, regardless if we're single or married or children or no children or whatever that may be, the truth is the truth is the truth. And the truth is, wherever you are in life, your mind got you there first. So the best thing that you can do is mine, M-I-N-E, your moment that you're in. And many of us, the reason that we don't do very well with expansive manifestations is because we aren't in the moment. We're thinking about our past. We're concerned about our future. But the moment is lost. And life is a series of now after now after now. Your life is about a string of moments in time. And many of us are standing in our now trying to improve a future moment, but we're not standing in our now being in now. So an example of that is, well, I'll work really hard in this moment so I can be off on the weekend. So we're not in the now, we're still in the promise of the future. I'll save this money for a future vacation. So then there's no joy with money now. There's only joy for the vacation. But then when the vacation is over, we're whispering to our friends, can you believe Disney cost us $20,000? Like, you know, and we're doing that. That's not mastering mining the moment. That's not getting into a state of feeling really good. That's not living in a virtual reality that then once we hang out in that virtual reality, we then come into that moment with all of that pleasure that that virtual reality had. So the way that I like to coach, teach, and train any client is through a question, what could be more advantageous? What could possibly be more advantageous than to create moments in your daily practice to master a vibration that is advantageous to you? What could be more important? And then practice that until it becomes mastery and your strongest muscle. So you got to ask yourself, what could be more advantageous than to create moments in my daily practice that support me to master a vibration that is advantageous to me? You suddenly become the best leader of your business, the best influencer to your followers. You become the greatest to those you're in relationship with. Like you start to live in a state of overflow. My mentor's wife told him when she asked for a divorce, she said, You give the world the best of you, and then you give us the rest of you. And I don't want leftovers anymore. And then she asked him for a divorce. 
we are often always giving the world the best of us. Then we give ourselves the rest of us. And then we require those we're in relationship with to take the scraps. And so we then take those, the rest of us in those scraps and we wonder why can't I piece a life together that feels good or that I love or that I enjoy? Well, that's why. So I would leave the audience with that question because powerful people ask powerful questions. Questions steer our focus because power is proximity. You're in proximity to me. You're in proximity to Kathy. You're in proximity to this answer by asking the question. What could be more advantageous for me, ask yourself, than to create moments in my daily practice that support me to master a vibration that is advantageous to me? For too many of us, that would sound selfish. That would sound self-centered. And because of that, we wouldn't even delight in the mental joy of what that would look like. And so then our muscle gets really weak there. And then we just find ourselves retreating back to old ways and norms that allow us to just be dim and beige when we were really born to be red hot. So that would be where I would leave people, Kathy, is that question and just sitting with that and maybe using it in their journal, using it in their meditation. And I would say about seven days. If you ask yourself every day for seven days, by the seventh day, you will be at a breaking point to where you'll actually be able to break through. And that would be the the beginning to me. Can I just ask you, what does that look like for you in your day? What's the practice that helps you step into that vibration? Yeah. Um, For me, I do several things because anxiety can show up for me and it can shape shift. So it can show up with me being serrated, uh, irritated. Uh, It can show up with me being very bossy, demanding, controlling. So when I notice that and when I am those behaviors and those energies, the breakdown is the people around me aren't in their power, which means I don't have all the support that I need, right? Because they're not in their power, they're shut down. So I love to do shock showers, which is jump in a shower that's a bit cooler, right? Refresh me. Um, If anybody has ever studied the Wim Hof practice, I love that. I love to do a two-minute meditation on my Calm app. So I, I love the Calm app. I love to do that. I love to jump on my Peloton. I'm looking over here at my Peloton. I'll jump on my Peloton. And I will stop the day. There could be a meeting. And here's the thing. You may go, well, that's irresponsible if you have to cancel a meeting. Well, guess what? By the third time you cancel a meeting, you recognize you need a therapist, a spiritual coach, a life coach. You need somebody to help you. At that point, you start identifying this is not a healthy way to be. So if you give yourself permission to do it one, two or three times, it won't become your way of being. It will just be the thing that got you to the lesson that then led you to raising your hand for support. So those are things that I do. And of course, I do have a life coach. I do have a therapist and they are very important for me. And I do have an executive coach. I have mentors in my life. So I use resets all the time. 
And many of us don't want to do resets. Why? Because we think it means we're saying we're wrong or bad or not good. And that's not true. It just means I didn't get out ahead of this moment. It's now becoming something that I don't desire. And so I'm just going to reframe the narrative and I'm going to be happy in about three minutes. (laughs) I'm just like literally, I'm, I'm just in awe. It's just like magnificent to hear you and just witness the way you speak and just all the things that come from your heart. It's really just so beautiful. Such an incredibly giant gift. Thank you for all of this. Tell everybody where we can find you, follow you, learn from you, work with you, any of the possibilities. Yeah, I love that. Thank you for asking. So, you know, I give over a lot of my responsibilities to my team, but the thing that I don't give up is I don't give up my Instagram because I love connecting to my virtual family. I don't give up my email list. Um, There's no way to join my email list for free because I believe that transformation comes through transaction. So we do open my email list several times a year, like through a $9 ebook or something like that. So I think that if you want to be in my space and know what I'm doing, what I'm up to, I would say definitely follow me on Instagram. If you're in the U.S., definitely watch my latest collaboration with Amazon Prime. It's really meaningful to me. It's called The Label of Success. And I talk about how what success or how success was introduced to me was not the success that I've lived. And I believe that's true for a lot of us. So I think it's deeply connecting and resonating. So I think those are the great ways. And then I'm the movement maker of a phenomenal uh, new movement that's launching into a YouTube show in Q2 called We Are the Rich Men. I'm really excited about that because the patriarchy that claims being rich that's expired. And that's an old paradigm that we're deactivating. And so I'm (laughs) super excited about that. So yeah, we are the rich men. So I say, stay connected so you can be a part of that YouTube sensation that's in the making. It's so incredibly powerful. I can't believe it's free. I can't believe you just did this interview and shared all of this because it's so major. May you just be continuously blessed to have the greatest, highest opportunities to shine your very unique light. And may that be received because the ripple effects of you doing you and people metabolizing this will bring the next big, awesome incarnation So thank you for all of this. Thank you. Thank you. We see what we are. And so everything that you've acknowledged of me is you. So thank you. Oh my God. It's just so good. Incredible, right? Here are the takeaways. Number one, it takes mud and messiness to move a mountain towards your message and money. You are worthy of all of it and overcoming all of it. Number two, suspend mediocrity as a habit. Number three, your life circumstance is not your life sentence. What you live today is not what you have to perpetuate forward. Number four, we've all been designed as unique, unrepeatable miracles. Number five, show up in your strength, your tenacity, grit, sensibility, and your femininity. Your power can make you relatable. Number six, when you're in a moment that you don't enjoy, pause, 
audibly state what you desire and identify what ego you must be to create that. Be responsible for the incremental manifestations of your life. Number seven, create daily practices to master the vibration that is most advantageous to you. And number eight, wherever you are in life, your mind got you there first. So mind the moment that you're in. All right, now let's celebrate today's giveaway winner. We're going to give away some awesome swag twice a week. So if you want to be eligible, then leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts or go live on your Instagram and talk about this show and tag me at kathy.heller so that we will know to enter you in the giveaway. Today's winner is Mother May I 23. This is what she wrote. Amazing, favorite new friend, wife, mama, and small business entrepreneur. When I felt like I needed to stop the side hustle of making decorated cookies because it wasn't enough, I found Kathy late one night when I was trying to finish an order. She inspired me well past midnight, and now she's part of my daily routine. Every message is just what I need to hear. Leaving my career after 13 years and becoming a stay-at-home mama left me nervous and afraid, but Kathy is proving that I'm fearless in what I can do. Thank you, new friend, for being just the person I needed, and that music you play, love it. Thank you for giving me the push to keep decorating and striving to achieve all that I can. Oh, thank you so much. You guys, these reviews mean so much to me. They let me know that what we're doing matters, that you are digesting it and you are feeling lifted by it. Please leave us a review and definitely subscribe to the show if you haven't already, because we have so many good episodes coming up. So, so many. I can't wait for you to hear because there's just so many good surprises. I can hardly hold it back, but definitely subscribe. And I want you to share the goodness. Can you think of one person who would love today's episode? I mean, come on, Allison, her words need to be shared. So do me a favor and text the link to this episode to someone or email it to them or better yet, go onto your Instagram and tag me at kathy.heller and tag her and I am Allison Bird. By the way, Allison is spelled A-L-L-Y-S-O-N and Bird is spelled B-Y-R-D. But definitely go ahead and post about the show and tag me at kathy.heller and tag her at I am Allison Bird. And I will do my best to repost as many of those as I can. My favorite are the ones when you go on video in your IG stories and you talk about how you feel. I love reposting those. But thank you guys so much for listening because I know that you have so much you could be doing. And it just means the world that you're spending your time here. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I will talk to you tomorrow. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. 